All right, we are live for the Friday edition of the Mike and Mario show. And uh, wow, a lot of firecrackers, a lot of fireworks, uh, a lot of things happening. And uh, here we are in the midst of the beginning phases, perhaps, of a banking contagion that just started in the U.S. We'll see where it takes us. Mario, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, Mike, I'm doing well. And uh, yes, there's an old saying about that, uh, like uh, financially things you know how do you go bankrupt you know slowly and then all of a sudden you know it happens and it's interesting you said it's starting in the us and uh i always used to hear people saying the 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 experts or the analysts saying that the us banking system was robust it was europe that was uh, more leveraged but here we are uh, i just heard bloomberg reporting about 10 minutes ago that silicon valley bank or svb They've just uh, they've just uh, bitten the dust, and uh, according to this reporter, it's the uh, one of the biggest bank failures in history. And I didn't even realize they're number sixteen in terms of assets. And so, one of the biggest banks in the U.S. Maybe you might want to play that clip so the the yeah. viewers can listen I to will. it. I will. So here we have just which, as you mentioned, um, you sent me the uh, chart of the top twenty banks, and they're sixteen with two hundred and nine billion supposedly or not anymore and then of course we're going to talk about some other banks as well but let me go back here and i'll play this and hopefully the audio comes out maybe you got to click on the uh on the uh can you hear the audio no i can't hear maybe you're going to click on the video thing on the on the on twitter it doesn't matter i mean i i can um this is basically what she said that uh depositors with less than two hundred fifty thousand, they should be covered by the fdic but those with uh, any amount above two hundred fifty thousand, you know they need to contact the bank and uh but as of now, they've uh, the FDIC has taken over this bank, and uh, yeah, 175 billion in deposits. Uh, and you were telling me something about Peter Thiel uh, earlier on. Yeah. yeah, let me grant this up here. So as of yesterday, um, he apparently triggered uh, perhaps the initial bank run at SVB by telling some of his, or as it says here, Peter Thiel's founders fund advises companies to withdraw money from the SVB, SVB. And so when this pretty much came out, it's good to say he had already pulled his and a lot of people in his inner circle probably pulled theirs. Uh, but then again, he made this publicly and that's where things really began. And then that led to, uh, what else we got here? So as of two hours ago, um, there was this warning that was given by this young lady here talked about uh, banking, online banking services and mobile banking services have been basically temporarily or permanently now uh, frozen or whatever. So banking online, online banking systems and mobile services are currently unavailable. So for the most part, people were trying to you know, get access to their funds and all of a sudden they were not able to log on. So this is a classical bank run, but in a, in a more modernized form, in a digital form of people trying to get on their phones, look at them, and make some activity happen and can't do it. So this yeah, is and uh, I think this, uh, this bank, I'm sorry to interrupt you. This no, bank is also uh, kind of a private equity and like asset manager. 
and they did a lot of uh, they financed a lot of tech startups in Silicon Valley. So I think the depositors, a lot of them are quite high net worth individuals. So and I think that's why Peter Thiel took his money out yesterday, because he probably had a lot more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So a lot of people are going to get left holding the bag. And that's why we've been warning for years that, uh, yeah, these banks are not safe. It's the fractional reserve system. Uh, the money yeah. that you, you thought you had there, it's not there. It's been lent out. And one of the reasons they talk about uh, why, why uh, SVB is in trouble is because they invested a lot in treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. And uh, their portfolio lost uh, billions because you know, treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, they've been going uh, south ever since the beginning of last year. Right. Uh, and so I'm reading a lot about the um, uh, interest rate hikes, how obviously interest rate hikes have, been, has caused a lot of damage for the banking sector. Now, clearly, the central bankers had to have known that with, our, with their quantitative tightening narrative, they were going to also impact the the, the banks themselves. And so is this the day of reckoning we're witnessing now with, you know, borrowing costs basically accelerating and coming back to bite uh, those, the, the, the banks that hold all those debt liabilities? I think so. And, you know, one of the banks that has uh, been accumulating the most losses and the reason why it's not insolvent, it's because it's the federal reserve. Uh, uh, Clive Thompson, who I interviewed a few times since November he wrote on uh, LinkedIn the other day that the Fed's losing about $3 billion a day because the Fed has a big portfolio of mortgage-backed securities and treasuries, just like SVB uh, had. And the Fed is also having to pay uh, banks like uh, close to the Fed funds rate. And they're only receiving like very low rates from their bond portfolio because rates have been low for so long. So the coupon is very low. So the Fed has uh unrealized losses in the hundreds of billions if not more it could be up to a trillion um but uh that's the, they're not the only bank so i i i, I sure talked about this the other day swiss national bank reports annual losses of 1.132.5 billion swiss francs so um every central bank that's a part of that qt tightening phase is experiencing some losses so um there's, yeah. there's holders. There's holders of those losses on the yeah. other side of that equation. And there's the other bank that we were talking about uh, before we came on, First Republic Bank. Yeah, and uh, yeah, earlier today, it was down to $47. And now it's at $78, but it's still down 18%. And that's number 15 in the United States. That's just uh, uh, above uh, SVB. So it looks like uh, this uh, contagion could be starting from the the mid-tier banks. I don't know if you call them mid-tiers, but they're yeah. not starting like uh, on Wall Street, you know, with the big banks like J.P. Morgan, uh, Goldman Sachs or Citigroup. But yeah. this quickly spread. This reminds right. me of 2008. Yeah, and I say, you know, it quickly spreads and it's going upward. <laughs> it's going to spread upward to the top. 14. To the globally systemic important banks. And then here is just that little headline I had on there. First Republic, PacWest, Plunge, amid what a wider bank stock sell-off. And then I was actually watching, um, uh, here's that little chart here that we have here at the top, 
15. So just from 16 to 15 and sit 14. Th- I mean, so, you know, like, you know, at, at what point? Like, these are, sorry, these are all like dominoes, you know, lined up maybe. Right. <laughs> and they're falling upward. So at what point does the, you know, government, central bank or somebody admit, admit default or admit some type of contagion event? And then what will be the step in process? Like, you know, if things start to fall upward, dominoes are falling, panic is ensuing. And on top of the fact that FDIC had their meeting last November saying that, you know, at some point people are going to realize that they're going to be bailed in. Like, is this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other thing I noticed, Mike, uh, if you, uh, I don't know if you can bring it up, but I send you the link. Yeah, is go that ahead. U.S. Treasury yields today, they've dropped uh, massively, uh, which means uh, people are buying uh, treasuries. And mm-hmm. some people might argue, well, that's because there's contagion, you know, there's trouble in the stock market, so they buy in treasuries. But I would venture to say uh, maybe the Fed's stepping in to buy mm-hmm. uh, treasuries. And why would they do that? Well, because a lot of these banks are in trouble because treasury prices have been uh, going down, especially in the short end. You know, you look at the two, two year and the five year. Uh, they they were going uh, the two year a few days ago was above five percent, mm-hmm. so right now uh, you see all those yields are down, and I wouldn't put it past the Fed that they uh, did a bit of QE not to change monetary policy but to stop the the bleeding, and mm-hmm. the reason why I say that is that there was a a Fed president her name is Logan she's mm-hmm. the new Dallas Fed president and uh, about a week ago she said that. Uh, the treasury market bond markets are you know are not stable and that the the fed could step in to do uh some kind of qe but it wouldn't be and she says <laughs> but it wouldn't be real qe she says it wouldn't be for monetary policy so you can see there yeah uh fed's logan so i don't have a uh, proof that they're doing anything but i wouldn't be surprised if they're yeah. not there now how much does this ring a bell as far as the contagion p- potential event that h- took place in the UK over the guilts? Uh, you know, was it f- fall to where there, there was some some panicking behind the scenes? Of course, the central bank jumped in and did a couple of things uh, to try to prop things up. So th- is that kind of what you're probably referring yeah. to a little bit? Uh, uh, well, the contagion uh, I was referring to earlier about banks like falling and collapsing was back in 08 when Lehman collapsed. Right, I right. remember I was working in the city still, and we we're sitting there and we we're saying, well, Morgan Stanley is next, and then Goldman Sachs, and then the Fed allowed them to become become holding uh, banks, commercial banks, overnight, and they, they bailed them out. But uh, that's what I meant. It, it could go very quickly uh, once, you know, we've seen SVB go, we could, we could see First Republic and then Citizens. But yeah, it reminds me as well of what happened in the UK, um, that maybe the Fed will have to step in like the Bank of England did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Treasury as well could step in, US Treasury. Yeah, here's just some more insight from that one um, little young lady. Or maybe Zelensky could step in because he's got quite a bit of. Yeah, a lot of a lot of those funds was trapped up in FTX, so that's why they're trying to sort that out so they can get it back to him. But um, here is um, uh, from that uh, young lady we talked about earlier: unrealized gains on investment oh, yeah. uh, securities. 
And because she mentioned 2008 says bank balance sheets. The irony here is that safe assets, quote, bonds, regulators made bank hold since 2008 are actually yeah. actually the problem. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I spoke about this. This is the FDIC, uh, you know, losses. And this is from uh, September, end of September last year. And I did a video with John Titus exactly. And we showed this chart. And But now they, they've got an update to this chart. And yeah. uh, it has the, the fourth quarter. The losses have kind of uh, decreased, but they're still, look how huge the losses are compared to 08. And like yeah. you said, they forced them to, to buy treasuries and mortgage-backed securities because they thought they were safe, and they're not. Mm, pristine collateral no longer, huh? The flight to safety. So I put up something. Uh, let me see. I put up something on, on, on Twitter about, uh, you know, because I noticed yesterday there was a little bit of a mad dash to – let me grab this if I can. Uh, let me put this on the screen. So, yeah, there was a little bit of a mad – or a mad – or a sell-off rather. There's a sell-off and everything for the most part. But uh, let me see. I put uh, – let me – if I can zoom in. Let me zoom in so people can see it. I said, after after the initial bank run, the flight to safety begins. You'll learn the hard way that you don't own it if you don't hold it. And I put hashtag silver gold, smart money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was just telling you because someone tweeted out uh, that they bought some silver here in the U.K. And yeah. at a really good price. And I checked the price. And I said, yeah, that's a really good price. And I went to the website and bought some myself. So I, I just uh, hopefully I'll get it uh, sometime next week. I think we've got a, a super chat there from PM Galleria. Uh, all right. So Pierre says, why not uh, let politicians and central banks personally pay off the debts they incurred uh, against our wishes, against our wishes? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we wish that they are. Yeah, they are just as much in a hot, hot seat as the banking sector because the political charades are still underway the debt ceiling debacle still on underway so yeah it's 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 man it's 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 yeah it's coming apart at the seams even more so it's hard to hide you can't lie you can't lie your way through this one what 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 people don't understand like uh or maybe some do pm galleria is that uh when you put money in a bank it doesn't stay there they take you know a hundred dollars and they go and buy a thousand dollars worth of mortgage-backed securities and treasuries, and why do they do that? Well, to earn a return. But if those uh, securities go down in value, they lose a lot of that thousand uh, dollars, <laughs> and uh, that's off the back of your hundred dollars. So that's what people don't realize that uh, their their money in the bank is is not real. It's an unsecured loan, and they've taken that. And they leverage it many times over, and the stuff that they bought with it is going down the tubes. That that's the problem. Yeah. Now, speaking of it, earlier earlier in the week, I think it was on or the, was it Tuesday? There was a lot of panic in reference to um, the concerns of Jerome Powell mentioning about the need for furthering uh, the height uh, hikes or whatever. And so I've seen some people flow out the idea of a half a point, And I saw just recently three quarters of a point type uh, figures. Now, is that back on the table now? <laughs> or, or I what think, do you think? Uh, let's not forget today we had non-farm payroll, which mm -hmm. is the, should have been the big thing today, but it came out a little higher, the non-farm payroll, 313,000 yeah. or so. But the yeah. unemployment rate actually went up from 34 
to 3.6. It was expected to stay at 3.4. And also hourly earnings, which the Fed follows closely, it was lower than expected, which is good. And then yesterday as well, we had jobless claims, and that was uh, higher, you know, one above 200,000. So I think people are actually, especially with all the trouble in the banking sector, they're only going for 25 basis points now. And who knows, maybe the Fed won't be able to raise rates. Uh, you know, we still have about uh, 11 days. A lot could happen in 11 days. We could yeah. see another two, three of these banks go under. And I think that the Fed is going to have to step in. Now, isn't it interesting also that it's a Friday and there's a banking contagion possibly starting on a Friday to where depending on how things shake out, no no doubt this weekend, there are going to be some meetings, some some, oh. some calls. They, they're going to be talking seriously because heading into Monday could be a hell of a week. And then late, leading into that entire week, is just uh, so many fireworks uh, of things going yeah. off right now. And that's just in reference to the financial sector. So um, let's, let's keep it moving. We got a couple other things worth talking about. Um, let me get into it. Uh, let me see here. So uh, the next major story that is, flying under the radar so far happens to be Iran and Saudi Arabia agreed to restore relations. So there's going to be peace amongst these alleged enemies, which is not, uh, which is very surprising given the fact that uh, China is the one that's orchestrating this, uh, this, 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 this deal. And so is this leading up to some type of announcement perhaps head into the summer where the, in order to join the BRICS, we got to all be on the same page. We can have any inner turmoil, amongst ourselves as we're shifting this system out of the West into our, our coffers. So what are you thinking, man? Actually, that's a very good point, Mike. I hadn't thought of that, you know, uh, before uh, getting, I, I would say it's not the bricks anymore. It's the A to Z. Mm. <laughs> it's all, you know, everyone wants to join. Uh, so yeah, you, you can't have the Saudis and the Iranians, which are, would be an important part of a co you know, this multipolar world being at odds with, with each other. So, and I think it's significant that the Chinese orchestrated this, this mm -hmm. peace deal. It's yeah. like a peace deal. They're going to reopen embassies in a couple of months. And um, yeah, it's the old division as well between Shia and Sunni, uh, which is uh, even, some people argue even more uh, divisive. Serious? Like, yeah. well, divisive and serious than like Christianity versus Islam. So, yeah, I think it's significant. And, and it yeah. shows that how the U.S. is losing influence. The, in the past, you would have thought the U.S. would have tried to negotiate the deal between uh, these two countries. You remember back in the 70s, Jimmy Carter, uh, he uh, orchestrated the, the peace deal between Egypt and Israel. That's the kind yeah. of stuff the United States used to do, but now China is doing it. It just just goes to show how the world's changing. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, this is off topic, and you may not be familiar with this, um, but I read something. I forgot to bring it up, but uh, it looks like uh, one of our politicians here in the U.S. is firing shots at Argentina because China wants to. Uh, establish a manufacturing for their FJ-17. And so it's, it's, it's reported that, uh, I forgot the quote, but the politician said that there'll be a backlash if you allow China into Argentina to build their uh, version of their uh, warplane. And so China's spreading yeah. their tentacles everywhere. Everybody's jumping on board with what's yeah. happening over there. 
Like I, I just really think this next BRICS meeting, they're going to have something ready. Like it's a matter of getting everything yeah. ready for this upcoming summit to where they're going to definitely make some, some give some shocking news perhaps. And it has everything to do with the, the Bitcoin or whatever they're going to be calling it or the payment railways and things like yeah. that. So. It's interesting because I don't know, it could be uh, Ted Cruz from uh, Texas, the senator, because mm-hmm. I, I saw a couple of weeks ago that some Iranian uh, naval vessels docked in the port of Rio de Janeiro. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was really angry. Uh, he said, you know, the United States should sanction Brazil or the port of Rio for allowing Iranians there. You see, this is a vet, the vestige of uh, the Monroe Doctrine uh, back in the 1800s, was that uh, the Western Hemisphere would be America's backyard. But I think that's changing as well. And um, why should uh, the United States tell Argentina what to do? And uh, I think they're going to have a tough time stopping this unless they want to sanction Argentina, Brazil. And then, you know, they're going to be sanctioning the whole world. And that's going to drive people more and more apart from the United States. And uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. It could have been Ted Cruz is the kind of thing he probably, you know, because he wasn't happy about the naval ships in, uh, in Rio from Iran. Yeah, let me, and that's the thing. It was, it was, it was a young lady for sure. I, I wish I would have, I should have did a better job of having it ready, but it just came to mind. But and where you were talking, I pulled up some other things in reference to Argentina and how China is definitely getting involved. So here's a headline here it says, uh, "Why China wants to power Argentina's air force modernization." And this is a little bit older, but it, it's underway. And then this was a couple, a couple weeks ago. It says China looks to set up a, to build a naval base in Argentina. A gateway to Antarctica. <laughs> so that's uh, what's well, going on in Antarctica. Uh, we we know from Captain Admiral Byrd right. that there's uh, a lot of it's bigger than the the United States down there, and there's a lot of resources. Right, and it's just not all ice. There's green. There's some warm stuff down there. So, um, wouldn't it be interesting if like you know stuff really hits the fan and more information is disclosed on what's down there and how the U.S. has been basically leading all this and of course the UN and all the entities or whatever but do you mean um, Mike do you mean around there instead of down there in Antarctica uh, yeah around there yeah good point <laughs> <laughs> so for those who may not know off air I, I don't I hope you hope you don't mind Mario but off air me and Mario have some interesting discussions on the shape of things and what's really going on <laughs> so uh that's that's a little inside thing but um all right let's keep moving what else we got here <laughs> um precious metals man let's let's just touch on that gold like gold is uh here's uh despite what people have been concerned with the gold prices haven't moved and oh man it's not been performing as always look outside your own currency and see what's happening around the world but central banks well beyond this local contagions of the commercial banks they've been getting their weight up so here's just some some stats and some facts here to let you know what's going on. Like these people are not racing to this old barbarous relic for nothing. There's obviously something that they know is coming or they're preparing themselves for. So don't uh, just listen to what they do, do what they do in a sense, in my personal opinion. But... Yeah. So ahead, what you gonna say? basically Singapore, for example, they increased their gold reserves in February by uh, almost 30%. They bought 45 tons. The Chinese are continuing to buy Uzbekistan is continuing to buy, and Turkey. It's a shame that 
I can't say, oh, the UK is continuing to buy and the, the United States is continuing to buy. It just seems to me that I'm not saying I'd, I'd like to live in China or Uzbekistan or Turkey, but at least they, they, they seem to, their monetary leaders seem to know what uh, real money is and what the situation is, that it's better to have gold than shares in a Silicon Valley bank or First Republic. Right. Or or continue to subsidize, a you know, de basically broke defaulted governments by buying these debt IOU nothings and then spinning off currencies off these things, because that game is that game is coming to an end ultimately. So um, but then here on on the local level, I even I even mentioned this um, not long ago, talking about how Idaho uh, House vote, uh, votes votes to authorize silver and gold silver holding. So, you know, the first state looks like they're going to be holding their um uh capital in actual sound money which is always a good thing and then we have more states looking to remove uh taxes sales taxes off of uh we got mississippi kentucky as of right now with pending with maine wisconsin vermont while minnesota and alaska are considering the expansion of their existing sales tax exemption so a lot of things are happening in, in reference to the states yeah. taking yeah, action it seems, it seems like a you know like a ref it's it's similar to those countries they're buying gold china mm -hmm. uh, in the us is uh i i think the gold's probably flowing from uh the blue states to the red states right <laughs> yeah. good point <laughs> that's a good way of looking at it uh, low, um, low blood pressure says that uh texas could uh should join the BRICS. <laughs> oh. and uh, rolf steiner says texas should could rejoin Mexico. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's still talk of the secession from the union. And so that has always been on the table. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit that, you know, if Abbott, the governor, decides to move ahead with some of that talk even further because they I know they got their own depository and things of that nature. Yeah. What, what's in it? I don't know. But Texas is the only uh, state that became a state by treaty. Usually it was done through you know, Congress and uh, you became a territory and then you graduated to statehood. Yeah, mm -hmm. Texas uh, became a, because it, there was a Texas Republic and then they joined the United States by treaty. And I think that treaty is the Treaty of Hidalgo, I think, that has to be renewed every year. And it, it's done automatically, I think. So uh, it, technically, uh, the governor or wh whoever might not decide to renew that treaty. That means that Texas would become a republic again. Well, it is a republic, but it would be independent. Right. Yeah. And that would be, yeah, so like, uh, that'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, because on top of that, if you become your own entity, then you need your own currency and everything in between. And Abbott has been very vocal talking about Bitcoin, like, you know, making Bitcoin a, a part of our state and stuff like that. Never hear him mention and encourage his citizens to get gold and silver, but he'll you want to join the Bitcoin craze. So, you know, as long as people got options, I guess that's better than nothing. But uh, what else we got here? All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, let me see here. Of course, the, the crypto space is not doing well for those who follow it. And Silvergate, the uh, crypto bank, also went belly up. So that's never yeah. a good thing. But as of right now, we got a lot of red on the uh, crypto side of things. And that's just in relation to the possible regulatory capital gains as well. That's another issue that's being talked about here. Talk about raising taxes all across the board, doubling capital gains tax. 
Uh, so that's going to be interesting. So yeah. never a dull moment. Let me get rid of this on the screen here. Then we can get some questions, I guess. Let's, uh, let's get to some oh, questions. Uh, I just looked up uh, Texas uh, was an independent republic from 1836 to 1846. 18, okay. Interesting. Um, all right. So let's get to some questions if you want to. And then, of course, there's a couple of topics we can touch on. Lots of events happening in the UK as well. Uh, we'll get to some questions or to cover some of those other articles in reference to the UK. Uh, there's Joshua Porter. What do you guys think is better to buy right now? A hundred ounce, a bar of silver or a one ounce gold coin? Um, I would buy the silver. If I, if I was in the U.S., I'd buy the silver. Uh, in the U.K., uh, probably the silver as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would as well. I would as well. Just and, because and if, I, if I could, I'd buy both. Yeah, well, you, know, you won't go wrong with either one. But yeah, that hundred ounce silver... And on top of that, just, you know, we're still waiting on the true nominal number of what an ounce of anything is. Nevertheless, silver being highly suppressed and a gold to silver ratio right now is still, excuse me, extremely lopsided. And so anyway, go, you're going to make up quite well in reference to being able to accumulate some additional purchasing power. So, um, all right, let's get us some questions. So feel free to throw out thoughts, ideas, suggestions or whatever in reference to what's going on or. Anything in between, and we'll try to jump on it. Carlos Garcia says uh, the Texas Texas oil refineries are back. Uh, are back. Uh, apparently, the Mexican government uh, owned owned the refineries in Texas. That's strange. I didn't know about that. I didn't know that either. And also, I mean, just some, some more stuff pops in my mind. We've had, I think, three train derailments in like a week or two weeks. Like. One happened, I think, yes, two days ago, and so it's oh, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, low blood pressure is asking a question. Uh, Will the FDIC what? pay the banks all the credit card debt when it fails? <laughs> uh, I, I think the FDIC only insures the depositors, right? Not, um, yeah, it doesn't insure the banks' uh, assets. And that's another thing. So all these banks, and that's that's an interesting one. All these banks that have issued credit cards to their uh, depositors and, and everybody else charge an astronomical 25 percent interest rates, whatever. And so those are all in-house uh, um, tools, ultimately speaking. So they can discharge. So that those are their own. Those, those balances are on their own balance sheets. Am I correct? Yeah, they're, they're assets to the bank. Uh, correct. You know your your debt credit card debt with let's say silicon valley bank is an asset to silicon valley bank so i think what will happen when they sell off uh when people fdic and the administrators and whoever you know there's going to probably be other banks buying their assets so you can be sure that the credit card debt will be probably be uh the debt that will uh be uh, bought and uh people who have credit card uh, debt with SB, SVB doesn't mean they're going to be let off because right. someone else. Can't they discharge that debt though? Or like, like let it go. Like, I mean, Canada, Canada last year, two years ago, wiped away. Like what I think mass one, there was a, a major just cleaning of house in Canada a year or two ago. I remember talking about it to where they just cleared it out, canceled everybody's account, cleared all the debt out. And I was all she wrote. So, you know, it's, it's make, it's make yeah. current anyway. So, 
I'm not um, a specialist in the in those uh, subjects. I'm just trying to, you know, but uh, it's possible, I guess. Uh, here's a question. It said, lots of talks of partisans could train derailments due to USA, U.S. anti-Biden partisans like Red Dawn, Wolverines. Um, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I don't know. Anything is possible in this world. You know, I, I know one thing we all can probably agree on at this point. Whenever you hear the word conspiracy mentioned on any subject matter, you might want to dive deeper because you're probably closer to the truth. And so that, if that's the cons- current, current conspiracy floating around there, then they might have some validity to it. Who knows? Carl, Carl Hansen has made an interesting comment, not a question, and, and it's related to this uh, question here. He, he says that Federal Railroad Administration has reported an average of uh, 1,475 train derailments per year between 05 and 2021. So basically saying this is normal. It's just normal. that it's being put out there. Yeah. And, and, and how often are a lot of those train derailings happen to be carrying toxic nuclear or toxic type substances that at the same time, we know the fuel, fuel food issue and all those other things happen to be at play as well. So, yeah, make of it what you may. Uh, Chris uh, says here, can you comment on rumors that Japan would join the BRICS? Andy Shackman points uh, shot uh, spoke of this on a recent video. If it were had to happen, how would it affect the West? Thanks. I, I think it would be very significant. I, I haven't heard that uh, Japan's looking to join the BRICS. Uh, it would, uh, well, it would be huge, actually. So, and I swear, it's like, okay, if all these countries basically turn on the G7 Western-led globalist cartel and looks to run into the BRICS organization, like... I wonder how would that play with all their previous debt incurred and created? How would they make that right? Like, like literally, we still have to go through the reset process or the washing away of the old and bringing in the new. And so, like, Japan is, you know, 200, 300% GDP, the, the, the debt GDP. And so, like, it's just all washed away. We start anew. And uh, everybody. I think, uh, no, I, I don't think uh, Japan would be doing that because a lot of the Japanese debt is uh, owned by the Bank of Japan and also by Japanese domestic savers. don't think it would affect, uh, it would just probably affect the relationship between uh, Japan and the West and how, how many, how much dollar reserves it holds. It'd be, I mean, it, I would say, but I haven't really uh, seen any stories about that. Right. But right, right. I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put it... Uh, I wouldn't like discount it. It's possible. I, I mean, uh, the UK could could join the BRICS. Uh, anyone could join the BRICS. Right. So I wonder what the stipulations will be for joining the BRICS. Obviously, you got to have some gold to bring to the table because that's why all these countries are scrambling to get gold. So you got all the G7, G20 nations for the most part that have been trying to downplay and either lease out or get rid of their gold, sell their gold to keep the price down. Then what? They're, they're, they're you know, ass out, ass out without a paddle. So, um, I, yeah, I, I think it's more than just having gold and having the yeah. currency. It's also about cooperating and also yeah. respecting. It's not like uh, subjugating to uh, the United States and the Anglo-American Empire. Yeah, I, I think the Chinese and the Russians recently they've talked about that we have to have democracy in international relations as well. You know, we can't have just one country. Uh, dictating uh, to to the other countries. Yeah. 
And on top of that, just beyond gold, just natural resources in general, bring something to the table that the world really needs other than just debt. And so that's pretty much the bulk of all the people looking to join. They all bring something to the table, of course, and then beyond gold. So uh, grateful um, 79, uh, best place right now to buy silver. Uh, where are you, grateful 79? Uh, are you in the States? Uh, I'll let you that one, Mike. Uh, I'm not no, sure. I, I, my, my advice, or not my advice, but what I always do is, you know, having a good relationship with your local coin dealer is probably the best place where you can get something immediately. Now, if you want to shop around, of course, there's different online places. You know, yeah. I know you, uh, Miles Franklin, SD Bullion. Yeah. So there's a buku place to go, but yeah, it's always better to have a relationship with somebody locally. Yeah. So, you, you know, because yeah. you know you can trust them. And, and if you need to yeah. get rid of yours or sell it, you can take it back to them and probably get a good deal because you know them. So that'll be my yeah. thoughts on yeah. that. Yeah, I have like a affiliation with Miles Franklin and ITM Trading. But uh, Silver, I, I think ITM, uh, sorry, Miles Franklin, they, they have uh, some pretty good deals for Silver right now if you, he wants to look into it. Uh, but I don't know if you can use credit cards <laughs> like low blood pressure saying you should use your credit <laughs> card. But uh, yeah, and, and if you do go uh, look at Silver with Miles Franklin, tell him Maneco64 or me sent you there. So there you go. sent you. <laughs> uh, what else you got here? All right, so we got some more thoughts out here. Feel free to throw out some more thoughts, ideas, suggestions. And so we are in the 10th day of the month of month of March and spring is not here yet, but yet it's starting to uh, be very interesting to say the least. And so we got the Fed rate hike coming soon enough. We'll see what happens to that. And al along the way, markets are going to be very turbulent on top of the extra pressure from the banking sector. Um, any, 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 let me just check and see if any, any breaking news in reference to another bank, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> well, at first republic bank here because it's been all over the place uh right now it's down about 20 percent at 77 dollars but it's been as high as 95 <laughs> and as low as 47 in the same day and that's the yeah. 15th biggest bank in the u.s by assets that's how uh volatile it is so uh they're not out of the woods i think uh you, you will see a lot of volatility in the markets in the next uh, next week or so. And you said the Fed rate hike. Uh, well, they might not even be able to hike rates. Who knows? Yeah, that will be something worth seeing. Um, what else here? Ideas of Mars approaching. Uh, let me see. Nothing else. I don't see anything else out there. Um, all right. Well, we have about uh, 40 minutes or so. So uh, there you have it, people. It's Friday. We got a official bank closing or being taken over by FDIC. That's just the first one of probably more to come. But the FDIC basically told us what to expect in reference to uh bail-in process and everything in between. So I think what, what give us one takeaway for this weekend, Mario, <laughs> from all this stuff just starting right now. What are you thinking? Well, I, I'm not worried at all. Uh, and hopefully a lot of you guys uh, watching aren't worried because – We've been like warning about this for, for years and we've been saying, you know, don't keep too much uh, of your funds with the bank. So that's what I'm thinking. I, I'm, you know, I do have some some funds in the bank because I need to keep it for tax purposes, unfortunately, and for expenses. But uh, it wouldn't really uh, hurt me. So that's the thing. 
uh, right now, I, I think uh, a lot of people uh, in the last few years and say, oh, gold and silver haven't done anything. But I mean, uh, you will sleep a lot more soundly at night knowing that you've got gold and silver instead of uh, a deposit with uh, First Republic or Silicon Valley Bank or Citizens Bank or whatever bank. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, uh, low blood pressure mentioned about what about Wells Fargo? And I looked on the on the uh, the little map there, and Wells Fargo is number four. So, uh, yeah, we got, got, uh, we got a little ways to go. Maybe yeah, by got... the, maybe by by the end of next week, uh, we'll get to uh, to Wells Fargo. Yeah. So so as of now, we got sixteen was basically shut down for the most part. We're gonna have fifteen is on the brink. We're seeing here and there their their price action, their stock. So we got 14, 13, 12. So we, you know, probably next week we'll have more to talk about, perhaps, or, or something else. Because that because all this right here seems like an ideal way to bring in a new event of some kind to divert yeah. people's attention from their bank accounts so they won't be running to more banks as this as this news picks up. So you never know. Or, or like you said earlier, you know, this is happening on a Friday. So we could have some kind of an announcement during the weekend. And, you, you know, if you haven't got your uh, money out of the banks, uh, maybe I, I'm not trying to be uh, like. Gloom and gloomish. Yeah, but I'm just saying they could announce something over the really. weekend. You right. know, some kind of measures to stabilize things. But all mm -hmm. that would mean is more liquidity and more uh, funny money into the system. Yeah. Well, my good people, as always, uh, it's great to connect with you. Thought we'd bring in this information here, share our two cents on it. But, of course, if you've been plugged in to this channel and Manico64, you've known that these events were coming. We've been talking about a banking event. Could this be it, the start of it? We'll have to wait and see. But, uh, as always, if you don't hold it, you don't own it. A lot of people are finding out right now when they look, look on their screen and try to transfer and move some stuff around. So just something to be aware of. But, uh, all right. Well, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Be blessed. Be safe. Mario, of course, next week, I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to talk about and uh, we'll see where this stuff takes us. But be blessed, be safe. And of course, stay prayed up. Peace.